Good Lord. A lot of kids. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's open them up. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 12 is one before chapter 13. Uh, and then two before 14. And so, um, let, let, let me start by uh, really just, just expressing uh, my, my heart-filled gratitude for the, uh, the care and, and the love which was expressed uh, just through the passing of my dad two weeks ago. Um, I was blessed to have uh, a great dad uh, and who uh, loved us sacrificially, who set for us this incredible model of, of service and taught us the importance of uh, working hard and being proud of what you do. And, uh, and so uh, it, it's, a, it's a strange, just new world that we are entering into. And as we realize that really he's, just, he's no longer around uh, and, and we can mourn uh, because you know, of his absence, but we also get to rejoice uh, because he's at home with Jesus. And, um, but as I've been, Thinking and, and kind of praying uh, these past few weeks while, while kind of walking uh, through grief, I've, I've also uh, seen something very beautiful unfold around me. And, and I get, I've, I've been given this privilege of getting to see uh, from the front row uh, watching so many in our church community just, uh, just love God by, by loving God people, and specifically the, the Geary's, um, and I've been on the receiving end of, of phone calls and uh, text messages and uh, meals and meals and meals, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I've, I've been embraced and I've stood alongside fellow mergers as we just kind of stand in awkwardness as both of us don't really know what to do or what to say. You ever been uh, kind of in those moments, you're like, I don't know what's the right thing to do. And let me just give you um, some permission to say, neither do they. And so just being there is, says something significant. And, and I've been uh, rallied around. I've been, I've been protected as, uh, as I lie down and just bleed for a little bit, uh, knowing that, that one day I will rise and fight again and get off that mat and uh, and, and the more I, I think of these moments, the, the more I'm filled with, with love and, and appreciation uh, for the adventures that God has us on here as, as a biblical community. That, that there's this verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 that's kind of just been on my heart these past few days. Uh, and I, I'd like for us to spend just a little bit of time uh, reflecting on uh, what Paul would have to say there is, is he talks about and really just gives us a charge and, and a snapshot into what a healthy biblical community looks like. And, I mean, after all, our, our desire here at Merge is, is not that we would be a place to go, but rather we would be a place to belong. And, uh, and so, so you need the church as much as I do. Uh, and God has gifted us in such a way that the role that you serve with fellow believers uh, makes you something um, more significant than just any story you could write on your own accord. And, and so 
So when we get to, to 1 Corinthians 12, there's this, it's just this incredibly rich chapter about helping the church better understand their role in this story of God, which is a story of epic proportions. And, and we don't really have the time to go all the way through uh, chapter 12. And, uh, and if you'd like a, a better kind of uh, format and a layout of this, back in 2018 we did a series where we just walked through all of chapter 12. It's called A Place to Belong. Uh, and I'd encourage you uh, to go there on your own. Uh, but, but what's happening is, is Paul is using this, this word picture of a human body uh, to describe how the church works together, how the members of the church work together. And, and, and as we begin in, in verse 12 uh, this morning, I want to I lay the groundwork with, with two precursors. Okay? As we look at the full counsel of the Word of God, uh, there are a lot of different things said about the importance and the relevance and, and the movement of the church, okay? But but there's two that I kind of want to bring into focus so that we can walk in these verses better together today. Um, and the first one, and I think this is your first blank in your talk note if you're following along, uh, is that is that number one, God chose to assemble His church to do three things, right? And we're using this as a sense of focus, not an exhaustive approach to to represent Him, to impact others. And then thirdly, to help grow a healthy body. Okay? So God chose to assemble His church to represent Him, impact others, help grow a healthy body. Uh, a body. And now, now understanding our role in the story of God is not as complicated as we tend to make it. Alright? And so, so, so we are ambassadors of what's called the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, that, that God is making His appeal to the world to be reconciled to Him through us, that God gives us that privilege to be able to speak of His goodness. And so, so when it comes to our matter of words and actions and, and our work and our play, all of it, all of it, which we just told Jesus He could have, right? Everything serves as, as this um, reflection of the difference that God is making in our lives as the gospel just beams from our hearts. And so, so, so the, the gospel is not intended for our sole benefit, right? Uh, you don't get saved so that you can say, well, I'm saved. You get saved so you can be poured out and you can influence the lives of other people for the, the glory of God. And so, so to help those who are far from God find life in Jesus. That's, that's our role. That, that's what we get to do. And so we do this through service uh, while proclaiming the goodness of God who rescues sinners like we were. It's an incredible story we get to tell. And then, as people come to life in Christ, uh, they're brought into the fold of, of the body where we spur one another on in, in love and good deeds, which takes us to our, our second precursor, uh, that, that a healthy church is made of unique people, each making contributions for the benefit of the whole body. I know, this seems incredibly theologically deep. Right? And so, so this happens in a variety of ways, but, but, it, but it comes with this belief that, that when our resources are united, our effect is multiplied. Uh, and so, so together, we're able to do exponentially more than uh, we could on our own. And this involves 
uh, the offering of our time and our talent and, and our treasures. Uh, for instance, let's just talk about what it takes to, to put this together on a Sunday morning. If, if I was the sole person responsible for making sure this all happened on a Sunday morning, you wouldn't be here uh, because I wouldn't be able to do it well. Uh, but because there, were, uh, there are people who love Jesus, there are people who love God, um, we, we have this great team who serve each week, and, and, and we get to assemble to make much of Jesus in this way. You realize that, that the kids' spaces, they don't just, you don't just snap your fingers and they happen, right? Uh, that the people who are serving your kids and pouring into your kids, that doesn't just happen. Uh, it's because people love Jesus and they say, I want to make a difference in the lives of our children. And that's the way it should be. And I think we can take that and we can apply this principle really to the all movements of our church, right? Both inside and outside of, of these walls. That, that the number of times you unknowingly have played a role in people's lives is, is so hard to keep count of. Uh, the, the number of, of um, times you've provided financial relief or, or diapers or tanks of gas or, or helping people get their electricity turned back on, it is, it is so hard to keep count of those things. Uh, the, the, every year as we serve together the kids in our community by providing a Christmas for them. Uh, every year that we've got to walk alongside kids in the foster care system by, by throwing them a party or, or uh, walking alongside them as counselors at a camp, that, that, that those are moments that we do together. And all of this effect is, is multiplied when we're all walking in the same direction on the same road for the glory of God. That's, that's what the church is supposed to be about. And one of the t- biggest struggles we find in our culture is that we want to approach the church as what can they do for me? How can they fill this need for me? When God says it's, it's so much bigger than that. And it's so much richer than that. And so, so as we get to, to 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to start in verse 14. Um, and when we're going to hear Paul, he's going to refute two common objections for why people avoid being part of the body of Jesus, right? And so, so let's start in verse 14, and we're going to get very far before we stop, okay? For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Okay, let's stop. Okay, that, that's what he says. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. We have a velociraptor back there. Uh, we're letting the kids play with it. Um, and I think this is, this is an important place to start because, because the verses leading us to verse 14 talk about these, these variety of spiritual gifts that we, all, that we get. That uh, Verse 7 will, will tell us that we are unique, and yet that uniqueness plays uh, into something greater than just you. Uh, that, that your uniqueness contributes to something uh, that is a singular purpose uh, for the glory of God. You've been gifted for the glory of God, right? And so, so this is what makes up the beautiful picture of the church that we have here at Merge because there's this vast range of, of people that we can have uh, people with diplomas and some who just have trades, right? We can have wealthy and we can have people whose bank accounts are constantly overdrawn, 
right? Uh, we, can, uh, we can have people who have walked with Jesus for decades, and we can have people who, who are just wading into those waters of life with God. Uh, we can have Republicans, and we can have Democrats. And I know some of you are like, oh, for shame. And you realize that, that both sides of the political party can love Jesus, and that no party gets to have claim on who loves Jesus the most. And we, we could keep going, but, but I think you get the point, that the idea that only a certain kind of person and a certain class of person can put their trust in Jesus is, is, is biblically untrue. That there's not one person who is with outside the grasp of Jesus. Not one. There's not one regret that you could bring to him that he's like, no, too much. And so we get to serve as part of this collective group of, of misfits, really, um, that, that, that we are together for one incredible purpose. And so, so the text says that, that God is taking that uniqueness and he's bringing it together to form this singular body, his bride, the church. And so, so which means your uniqueness is spectacular, but it's not been given to you simply that you can be simply unique. Right? That, that, that rather, in that uniqueness, God, you bring a distinctive piece to the body. In fact, he will call them members. Um, and so, so he'll say, some of you are a foot, some of you are a hand, some of you are an eye, some of you are a head. And, and, and I know that some of us, and we'll talk about this, that some of us want to pick our parts, uh, but the text tells us that that's not the way it works. Uh, that God uniquely wires us and he places us... Um, together for the manifestation for the good among the community. And so, so this is where Paul walks us into an objection, uh, which, which we're going to, uh, in turn, will keep you from operating in a healthy way in a healthy church. And so, so he comes in in verse 15. He says, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, and you can underline these words if you like, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So, so objection one is simply this. Because I am not part of the body, I prefer I do not belong. Because I didn't get to pick my part, I don't belong here. And then there are going to be a lot of reasons uh, why you don't believe? Why a person uh, wouldn't believe they don't belong at the church? I mean, you can think your your past excludes you from contributing. You can you can choose to just be out of shape spiritually. You can devalue or overvalue uh, the significance of various giftings. Um, but but and I've seen this response so many times over the years uh, that that sometimes people who are feet convince themselves that they should be hands, and so. They leave a body and they go to another church and they spend their time trying to convince people, hey, I'm a hand, I'm a hand, I'm a hand, I'm a hand. And God says, no, you're a foot. Yeah, I think Ward thought something else, but that's fine. No, you're... And there's nothing great or wrong about being a foot. And, and so, so, so the sad truth with this mentality that, that I do not belong is that, is that when you are not attached to the body, you're a severed limb. 
and severed limbs are completely useless. Like they can't do anything. Um, and so, so you become this, this, this crime scene and you're not able to accomplish what God's called you to accomplish. And so, so which Paul explains in, in verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? Again, super rich, super deep theological thoughts. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, okay? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he, what's the word? Chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so, so Paul's, Paul's response to objection one is simply God arranges the members in the body and he chose you according to his purpose. That's what it says. And so, so to not understand that, that you've been uniquely gifted, you've been uniquely gifted and you've been uniquely wired by God and, and have been placed in a biblical community to make much of Christ with your gifts, it robs you of great joy and it stifles the church. It, it stifles what the church could be. It stifles what, what we can accomplish together. And, and so, so this is why I say with great contentment that, that if, if you don't want to plug in and you don't want to pour yourself out, then find somewhere you can do that in. Because, um, and do that for, for your sake. And, and do that for the sake of the kingdom of God and do that for our sake because you need to be involved because you belong. You do. And so, so this leads us to this second objection uh, found beginning in verse 21 uh, where Paul says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So the objection is because I don't, I don't see the value in your gifting, I have no need of you. And I think uh, the eye cannot say to the hand, the head cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you, or you are not as important as me. This is, this is the way it typically will play out. That your gifting isn't as big as mine, or as vital as mine, uh, to which uh, Paul will bring us a pretty healthy dose of humble pie uh, here in just a second. So, so we, aren't, we aren't given, here's what's happening. We're not given permission to cut off and cut away parts of the body while expecting to live in health, right? Uh, you, can't, you can't gouge out your eye expecting to have the same kind of peripheral vision, right? It's impossible. And, and so, so, so to which Paul will respond in verse 22, on the contrary, right? So, so you can't say, I don't need you, foot. I don't need you, um, uh, hand. Uh, he says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that, and I want you to see this, he says, seem to be. Okay? Seem to be, not are. He says, seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our present unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for 
one another. So, so Paul's response to objection two is that, that God composes the body so that every member matters and then every member receives the same care. That we are all one among equals. And so, so every part of the body matters. And I think, I think the confusion of the church is drawn anytime we think of, of more public gifts of service as being more important as the less public ones. Uh, uh, for instance, let me give you a good example of this. Um, we would be tempted uh, to think of swine as being of more significance, of more importance than, than Corbett. Okay? Now, now, and we get that because swine leads us uh, every week in in worship, right? Through song. And he just, just to lead, we just get to follow at times into his wake. Now, now, what we don't put into uh, mind is that uh, Corbett, who's sitting back there at that table with like, I swear every week there's like four more computers, um, that, that he's not, he's not running Candy Crush back there, uh, that, that he's working so that we have sound. And he's serving faithfully as an elder and as, as our sound guy and and there has never been a moment right uh, and that um that he's been flashy in his service but he's indispensable there, there's never been in fact we don't we don't know that he exists until something goes south and it's never his fault although we all secretly look back there like are you going to fix this and he's like do you know how to fix this because i don't But he is, he is invaluable. He is so invaluable uh, in both his role as our elder and as our sound guy. And, and so, so there are these, there are some in this body who have the gift of hospitality and, and are a vital part of you feeling welcomed and you feeling cared for. And we, don't, and we don't make them wear shirts that says, guess what I did to make your life better today? Uh, we, don't, we don't do that because we don't print those shirts because their service is unto the Lord. And, and, but, but they're nonetheless a vital part of the body. They're, they're nonetheless. And, and so, so, so we can go on and on. We can talk about the setup squad. We can talk about Merge Kids Difference Makers. We can talk about anybody who just steps up when there's a need that is among us. That every act of service toward the glory of God becomes this beautiful gift that our church gets to offer to Him. And none of us get to take credit for it. Because he's the motivation for it. He's the one who equips and who gifts and gives us strength. And, and this is why, uh, verse 22, Paul draws our attention to the contrary of, of verse 21. Because 21 says, I don't need you. And then verses 22 and 23 say, say, not only are you needed, those parts that seem weaker are indispensable. And those parts that we think less honorable, we bestow this greater honor to. And those, those unpresentable parts we with with greater modesty and so so let's not confuse this though the most important role of the church is jesus christ he's the head and he's the cornerstone right there's nobody that competes with that role uh, but then all these other roles, every role that is underneath him is part of this collective so the body can work together for the glory of God so that those who are far from God can find life in Jesus. And so, so anytime we want to try to rank them, right? Any ranking we, we put together from uh, the people who are on the mic to, uh, to Kelly who comes in every Sunday and cleans pee off of toilet floor, right? Uh, so that you don't have to see it. All of it's vital. I said toilet floor. Restrooms. Uh, I'm like, well, 
I just created a new word for everybody. All of it functions together in this beautiful way so that people can understand, so that we can understand our deeper need for Jesus to be Lord and Savior of our lives. So, so, so my gifting uh, here is, is teaching and leading. Some of your gifting is praying. Some of yours is discernment. Some of yours is hospitality. Some of yours is building. Some of yours is just caring. And it all serves toward this, this common good and the glory of God. And when we lose, uh, I'm sorry, when we love and we serve in this way, there are two amazing things happen. God is glorified and we are satisfied. And shouldn't that just be the desire of every church? That God is glorified, we are satisfied. And this leads me um, to verse 26 and, uh, and, and these words which have become felt in, in very real ways to me uh, these past two weeks. Fine, we can start wrapping this up. Verse 26 is so powerful and it's so beautiful. It simply says this. As we talk about the body being together, right? We utilize our gifts. We understand that we're not in competition with one another. We understand that we are equally part of this collective. Uh, It says this, that if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, we all rejoice. And there are a lot of ways... There are so many ways we can be tempted to evaluate the health of our church. We can. In fact, we can, we can look at the number of people who attend on, on a Sunday, but, but that can be very misleading because the size of the body is not an indication of the health of the body. Right? Because you can, you can be a bodybuilder who's on so many steroids that on the outside looks impressive, but on the inside is just falling apart. But for a moment, they look big and impressive. We, we can look at the number of programs, which we don't have a lot of here on purpose, uh, and, and we, can, we can try to treat this place as a resort or, or a country club that has a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, but, and I've been, I've been on leadership in churches where that was kind of uh, the goal. And, 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 and what I've realized is how easy it is to celebrate the number of the programs, but not the effectiveness of them. We can, we can spend months in preparations with, with big events that, that give us top billing in our, in our city and, and they can make us appear flashier than we really are. Um, or we can look in our community and see needs that need to be met uh, and, and actually, I don't know, meet them without carrying your camera to them. You, you realize that all acts of service don't need to be Facebooked. Okay? And I say that in love. And irritation. That we can, we can serve people with the love of God because we want them to know who Jesus is. And you can do that without wearing a merged shirt, without having a merged bumper sticker, which we don't even have because I've seen the way some of you drive. <laughs> he laughs because he knows me. Like we, we try to keep things simple. And we have, we have some guides that we think through from leadership perspective. You know, we, we want to be about relationship over religion. We want to be about uh, reputation over marketing. 
We want to be a community over being a club. And, and, we, and I think perhaps all of those are kind of satisfied in this simple verse. That may, maybe the way we can evaluate health around here at Merge is simply saying, here's a novel concept. Let's apply chapter 12, verse 26. That when we're together, when one of us suffers, we all feel that sense of grief. That, that when one of us is honored, we all get to, to smile and celebrate because we get to be part of whatever those successes are. And now here's, here's what I know. I, and I've, I've felt this in, in very beautiful and powerful ways uh, these past few weeks. And that it's, it's easy to feel a sense of community when things are great. And when there's cause for celebration and babies are born and uh, jobs are, are, are given and, and houses are bought, you know, we can, we can rally and celebrate those things. But, but man, there's something uniquely powerful about people who have been changed by Jesus willing to walk in to the suffering of other people. To walk in and say, I, I, don't, I don't know what to, what would you like me to do? How, how do you feel? Do you even know how you feel? You know? That my heart hurts because your heart hurts. That's, that's the strain of community. That's, that's the lifting of the weights. You realize nobody gets stronger without the strain of the muscle. And I've said this for years, that a healthy church begins with a healthy you. Right? Because that's what we are. We're just a collection of, of people put together here. And so the healthier you are, the healthier we are. And the more you understand your role in the story of God, the better we get to serve alongside you as you adventure with Him. And it's so easy, it's so easy to say, okay, I want to be part of this family, but I don't want to walk into any of the messiness of this family. I don't want to walk into any of those hard parts with this family. And to do so limits so much that's available to you. What a, what a, I am so thankful for those of you who are suffering with me today. I am. It's, it's so hard to, to put that into words and to express that gratitude because, because in doing so, we get to share the weight. And some of you know what I'm talking about, about a weight that's just crushing you. And you need someone to come alongside and say, you don't have to carry that all on your own. I can, I can rally around you. We can walk alongside you. We can be your shield for a season. We can bring you the support that you so desperately need because God has changed me through Jesus. I think that's the power of community. I think that's, that's the... Our desire when we look and we say, okay, are we healthy? Are these things happening? And I hope they do. I hope they are. I, I'm getting to see that. And I'm getting to feel that. And I hope you would understand more today 
not so much five lessons for a better life, but that you would understand your role. You would understand what God's calling you to be as part of this church. Our desire this week is to love God by. So we wrap up. Let me make a couple things available. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. We say that every week and we mean it every single week. And maybe you need someone to say, hey, can you lift some of this weight? Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart, then your role in the church is, is really non-existent other than we're glad you were here and we're glad you're hearing about God's love for you and Jesus. But maybe today is the day you give your life to Him. And there's no better path to peace, there's no better source of joy than through Jesus. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care for us. And Father, I I thank you for this community who is so willing to rally and to love and to serve. And I pray you would just, just press into us the importance of doing this together. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Sweet.